We continue to reflect on this past season while taking a peek ahead as well for the LA Kings. There's still a few Kings playing in the World Championships, and the Kings are looking to make an addition to their coaching staff. We're going to discuss that and more with the Kings insider, Zach Dooley, on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I work in sports media for the past 30 years, 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years we are excited to be joined once again by the la kings insider zach dooley you must follow him on twitter he is at dooley lak and you can check out his good work at the la kings insider.com not the la just just la kings insider.com uh, hey zach how are you doing eddie i'm doing well just trudging through this offseason what about you uh same same here and uh we were in the offseason a little bit sooner than we had hoped i know we last time we spoke it was um, you know, the Kings still hadn't secured a playoff spot yet. And then, of course, had the series against the Oilers once again. But let me ask you, L.A. Kings insider, is there an offseason for the uh, insider? Are you like this show? You uh, have a show uh, putting out content all the time. Yeah, we're pretty much not every day with articles, but maybe every other day or so in the offseason. Um, right now, we're just kind of looking back, reviewing seasons of individual guys. Those will kind of flow out over the next month or so. But it's kind of that dead period, the first one of the offseason between when you get eliminated and like the draft. And that's when you lose in round one. That's about six weeks. And it's it's a lot of time to fill when there's no games, no practices, no real news. So it's definitely a bit of grinding at times to try and get that stuff out. But yeah, not not quite as daily as you, but close to it, I think. Well, we appreciate all the content uh, you give us. And there's a little bit of news to talk about with the LA Kings, and we'll we'll get into that in a bit. But it is crazy if you're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. We, we're at the Final Four now, and yet we're only halfway for those teams. And it already seems like when they call it a second season, it really is a second season for those teams that are able to fortunately uh, keep their season going for a while. And hopefully the LA Kings will be in that boat here in the, in the near future. That's the goal, uh, right? Yeah. And so we spoke, as I mentioned last time, uh, was before the Kings officially clinched a playoff spot. Obviously, we've had uh, the, the postseason run here for the L.A. Kings. Um, now, they didn't advance out of the first round for a second straight season. Um, but for you, looking back on this season, uh, would you say this was still a positive step forward for the Kings? I think it was. Um, it's kind of weird because the Kings lost in one fewer game. So the season didn't go as long as it did last year. But this team was undisputedly better than last year's team was. I think you could you can say that pretty confidently, even though they lost in six compared to seven against the same team. Like this team was substantially better than last year's team. Um, doesn't excuse the first round exit. Doesn't make it the ultimate goal is not just to make the playoffs now. It's to win in the playoffs. And the Kings didn't do that. Um, they took some step forwards as a group for sure. Um, they built a better group this year than they built last year. So there was... Definitely 
a step forward, um, but it still did not, it still fell short of what the ultimate goal was, or even some steps along the way, which was to progress in the postseason. So they didn't do that. Um, so I wouldn't say, oh, this was a resounding success, but they definitely did take a step forward from where this team finished last year. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to stamp things, either success or failure, but a lot of times it's there's middle ground, you know. Uh, I mean, if you want to be super hardcore about it, you could say that every team that doesn't win the cup is a failure. Sure. Uh, but, the, I mean, realistically, as you said, there were there were steps that were taken uh, and certainly, even though it didn't, the, the playoff series against Edmonton was, as you said, one game less. The competition in those six games was better than we saw overall in the seven games the year before, right? Without a doubt. I mean, the Kings lost game two, six, zero last two years ago. They lost game three, eight to two. And game seven was two to zero, but it wasn't all that competitive. The Oilers were dominant in all three of those games. And there wasn't a game like that really in this this year's series, maybe game five, when I think it was six to three, but still in that game, there were a lot of bounces that didn't go the Kings way that could have made that game closer than it probably was. But five of the six games, very competitive, um, a lot of overtime action in those games. If you look at games one, two, three, um, and six, they were all games that were one goal games at the wire, um, game four as well. So that they were, much more competitive games this year. The margin for uh, separating the two teams was a lot thinner this year than it was last year. Um, so there were a lot of things that despite it going six instead of seven, it was just such a tighter series, I think, than it was a season ago. So now that the season has come to an end, you look back on on some things uh, and and wonder – you know, what was the biggest surprise maybe for the LA Kings? Now, I think Phoenix Copley probably is the biggest surprise, but is there was there any other thing this year, any other player, any other aspect of the game for the Kings that you thought that was a that was a pleasant surprise or maybe a surprise the other way? Phoenix Copley is an obvious one, right? Like, if yeah. you look at the way the team started the year, Phoenix Copley was in the AHL. He was not signed to be a guy who played almost 40 games this year. That wasn't why he was brought in. But he came out of nowhere, um, provided stability and a calming presence in net when the Kings needed it most. Um, so it, it took them some time to find that rhythm. But once they got to that point, Copley was the perfect fit stylistically for what the Kings needed and was a terrific surprise. Um, beyond him, a lot of guys performed. You know, I guess what I would say is this is it wasn't surprising at all to see Kevin Fiala thrived with the Kings. It was surprising where he thrived. Like having Kevin Fiala kind of drive his own line wasn't necessarily the plan to start the year. But when the Kings were at their best, they had Kopitar, Deneau, and Fiala all on separate lines. Fiala was kind of driving a third unit that wasn't there for the Kings last year. They had a top six and a top and a bottom six last year. This this year, it was more of a top nine. And that was the Fiala factor for sure. It was the ideal plan, I think, was to have Kevin skate with Kopitar and Kempe and kind of form that that first line at an elite level that the Kings hadn't had. That didn't really work as it was intended to, but what worked even better was having Kevin Fiala drive his own line. And, and to me, I wouldn't have had, oh, well, the Kings traded a first-round pick and a high prospect for this guy. They signed him to a long-term deal, and he's listed on the third line. You're like, what went wrong? But in reality, it was kind of what went right because it made the Kings a deeper and more dangerous team. And had they had all those guys available 
for the entire playoff series, maybe it's a different story because they were a tough team to match up against when all three of those lines were going. Definitely a couple more questions coming up about Kevin Fiala. Uh, but I did want to ask you this. I know all the postseason awards finalists have now uh, been announced in the NHL. Uh, Andre Kopitar, a finalist for the Lady Bing. A um, little bit disappointed that he wasn't a Selkie finalist. And I thought Phoenix Copley would have been a great Masterton finalist. And talking about perseverance and hockey and dedication to the game. Seems like you have to get hurt to win that award these days. But do you get to vote for any of those postseason awards? Do you have any any thoughts on uh, Kopitar or, or, or Copley? I don't get to vote for them. Um, being employed by the team, I don't count as, as traditional media. Um, I would say that both of those players had seasons that were worthy of being a finalist for those awards, but I couldn't sit here and poke holes in the guys who were finalists, right? It's not like they weren't deserving, but when you have to go from 30 to 3, or 32 to three in the case of the master 10 Copley's story is what that award is about, right? Like he's a guy, we talked about him a little bit, started the year in the AHL. He wasn't on the radar. He had never played in the NHL and he's almost 30. And here he is leading this team into the postseason. Um, he was a terrific story. He would have been every bit deserving of being in the a finalist for that award, just because of the year that he had the story that he has. Um, so I, I think it's one of those areas where it's good to see each team get a nominee because you do get to see those stories surface at a, a wider level than just the three finalists. Um, and in Kopitar's case, more than deserving, I think. His second half of the year, his defensive metrics were outstanding. Like, they were so good. Um, you look at the little things that he does night in, night out that don't really get noticed, the board battles he wins, the competition that he plays against, the strength, the commitment to playing at both ends of the ice, all on top of almost a point per game season with like two penalty minutes. So it was a pretty ridiculous year for Kopitar, but at the same time, it's another one of those where a lot of worthy guys, when the votes come out at the award show, I'm sure that Kopitar will have received several votes. I bet he'll be in that fourth, fifth, sixth range right behind the finalists. So I'm sure that when it all comes out, he will have gotten some consideration for sure. Um, and maybe, maybe he did deserve to be in the finalists. Um, there are more guys than three that deserve to kind of be recognized. So it's a, it's a tough one because both of those two guys, I think are more than deserving of being in that finalist conversation. Um, but there's always more than three who probably deserve to be there. We're going to have more with LA Kings insider, Zach Dooley in a moment. Going to definitely ask him about Kevin Fiala, a couple of questions on that. But before that, I need to let you know that today's episode of locked on LA Kings, your team every day is brought to you by bird dogs. Now, what are bird dogs? Well, Simply put, they are shorts with underwear built in. Now, that might sound weird, but I ask you this. Is comfort weird? These things are unbelievably comfort, and they look good as well, come in lots of different colors to choose from. And how often does something that really looks good feels good as well? It's the perfect combination. I have worn my bird dogs to Disneyland when you walk around all day in something and you want it to feel, feel comfortable. It's, it's absolutely great. My wife loves them because I actually look good for once in something. Uh, so if you want to check these out, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. Uh, when you enter the promo code locked on NHL, they will throw in a free custom bird dog Yeti style tumbler with each purchase. Again, that is birddogs.com, B I R D D O G S.com, and enter the promo code locked on NHL for your free gift. More with LA Kings insider Zach Dooley. And uh, Zach, we talked about. Uh, Kevin Fiala, just a little bit. And unfortunately, he wasn't there for the Kings the entire postseason. But uh, 
Certainly, I would guess, uh, you know, we obviously he, in the, going into the season, a lot of talk about him being an impact player, helping this team to get to another level, coming over in the trade from Minnesota off a career year. Now, he didn't match those numbers quite uh, as he did the year before, and there was the injury issue. But overall, uh, would you say the Kings are happy with what they got out of Kevin Fiala last year? Without a doubt, right? I mean, he brought something that they didn't have. He's a game-breaking offensive player who could change the game in a number of ways. He could change it with his skating, his hands, his shooting ability, his playmaking ability. He has all these tools at a very high level. And the Kings were always known, even last year, 21-22, and they made the playoffs, they were that two-way, hardworking, defensive team. But other than that breakout from Adrian Kempe, they didn't have that dynamic, game-changing player at the offensive end. Fiala changed that almost immediately with the way that he plays. He's creative. He's innovative. He doesn't necessarily do things in a predictable way, and that's good because you don't know exactly what to expect from him. And when he had the puck on his stick in the offensive zone, no matter who he was out there with and what scenario, something could happen at any time when he was on the ice. So he was over a point per game. Had he not had that knee injury at the end of the year, probably leads the team in scoring. Um, that injury, I think, prevented that from happening. But he's probably an 80-point player, which is right in line about with where he was last year with Minnesota. So he had a really strong year. And I think the Kings are are very happy uh, with the return through one year of that trade. I wonder if they're very happy with what's going on with Kevin Fiala right now. I know you can't speculate on that, but he is playing in the world championships. And I was surprised to see that coming off of the injury. I just wonder, do you know what the process is for players that want to compete in that event? Is it something that the team does have a say in as far as if they can or cannot play in that event, or is it just a player's decision where they want to go over there and represent their countries or not? I think the difference is that Fiala was injured. Um, I think for a, for a regular player, the, the player does have to be medically cleared to go. Um, and Fiala said in his press conference with team Switzerland, he said it was challenging to get the release to go because as he admitted at the end of the year, he wasn't a hundred percent in games four, five and six. He was somewhere below that as he came back from that knee injury so I think that the key is that the Kings medical team and the team here did have to sign off on that for him to be able to go. So he was cleared to go. He didn't just go rogue and go over, start playing against anyone's wishes. Like he was cleared to go, which is important because when you're coming off an injury like that, Fiala was a big investment by the Kings, obviously assets given up um, plus the contract that he signed. They, they want to make sure that he's good. So he was cleared to go. Perhaps that was why he missed a couple of games at the front end which was to make sure he was at that that place that everybody was comfortable with. But yeah, for most guys, when you're fully healthy, you do your exit physical. If you want to go, you can go. It's your choice. Um, a lot of players in the Kings declined for one reason or another. Um, but in Fiala's case, he wanted to go. Um, took a little bit longer to probably get to that point because he wasn't fully healthy when he came back for those final games of the series. But the fact that he was cleared is a pretty good sign that that he's close to that point of where everyone's comfortable with it because he's just about healed from where he was at. You mentioned Kevin Fiala talking about not being 100%, and that wasn't any kind of revelation, but he made those comments uh, during the Kings' exit interviews. We've talked about those exit interviews. We've talked about the comments from GM Rob Blake, uh, head coach Todd McClellan, and some of the players as well. Was there any comments from the exit interviews for you that kind of uh, grabbed your attention or anything you thought was uh, especially revealing? I thought there was a lot. Um, not sure. It's hard hard to pick one narrative, honestly. Um, I think what I came away from those exit interviews with was the word choice or decision. 
because the last two off seasons, the LA Kings could pretty much do whatever they wanted to do. There were no restraints from a cap perspective, a roster perspective. They could add whoever they wanted, whenever they wanted. This year, you look at who's a free agent, what the Kings cap space is. They have Jonas Corbisalo, Vladislav Gavrikov, and Gabe Velarde, and about $8 million in which to sign those players. So if you want to run it back with the full team, something's got to give. You can't fit everybody in this year. It's not a dollar in, dollar out situation, but for the first time in this uh, rebuilding, retooling process, the Kings have to make a choice. They have to make a decision on who they want to keep at the expense of someone else. And that's going to make this a pretty key offseason. And those are the takeaways that I had is Rob Blake saying, yeah, I'd love to run it back with this group fully healthy and see what we could do. But we probably can't do that because of what our salary cap situation is. At some point, somewhere, something will have to give. Some contract will have to go out or a player who they might like to retain won't come back or an external ad. They won't be able to do that this year because of the cap. So it all comes down to me to decisions that have to be made. And that's a pretty big difference than what they've been working with over these last two years when they added players like Fiala, Deneau, Arvidsson, Edler at larger cap hits. They could do that. They can't do that now without something going out on the other end. I know head coach Todd McClellan talked about his summer project, which is to try and uh, get the penalty kill to be more consistent. Is that just getting everybody in a room and discussing things, which maybe you don't have the time to do during a season, or is it just film study, looking at what other teams do? Do you have any idea what that means when he talks about that summer project? Well, it's all the above for sure. And if you look at the what other teams do, that was something they did last year with the power play. They they brought in Jim Hiller. They all got together. And they did look at clips of things that other organizations did successfully and say, can we do this with our personnel? Can we work certain concepts or philosophies or strategies or plays into what we're doing to make us better? And as we saw, the Kings went from what a bottom five power play to a top five power play in one summer. Like it, it happened that quickly. And the only player that was really added was Kevin Fiala. It wasn't like they added five new guys. It was the same people but with different concepts, different approaches, different strategies, and and one ad. So the penalty kill the last two years has not been good enough. The Kings know that. The year before that, I think they were a top five or top ten unit in the league. That COVID year was one of the biggest strengths of this team was how good the PK was. So they have the foundation in place, but I think everyone acknowledges it's got to be better. And there are a lot of ways you can probably do that. Um, but at the end of the day, it has to be better than it was um, the Edmonton series, obviously not good enough, but all year it was, you know, a, a 20 to 25th ranked PK unit. And if the Kings can just bring that up to like league average, it will make the world of difference. So they know that they have to work on it. Um, they believe they have the answers in house, uh, which means not needing to like bring in another voice in order to solve the issue. And we'll see what happens. I, I think the bottom line just is it's got to get better couple more questions uh, with uh, LA Kings insider Zach Dooley. Real quick, though, I want to remind you today's episode of Locked on LA Kings brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all, all about making sure that every player is the right fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you get is going to fit right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for a green check check mark and you know that the part will fit or your money back because like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop at ebay motors with over 
122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it is easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Wrapping it up with LA Kings insider Zach Dooley. And uh, there was some news uh, this week for the LA Kings as far as their coaching staff. They promoted goalie coach Bill Ranford to director of goaltending. Uh, He had had that position for 17 years, I got to believe that was the longest tenured goalie coach in the NHL. I don't know if you know the answer to that or not. I don't. But uh, what have you been told about what this new position, director of goaltending, will entail for Bill Ranford? Yeah, I don't know if it's the longest or not, but that's a long, long time. And that spans a lot of different coaching regimes, which I think shows how respected and valued Bill Ranford was. Is that, I mean, you could rattle off, what, 5'10", head coaches in that span, and they all kept Bill Ranford on. So that says a lot about what he brought in that area. Um, his movement goes into more of an executive role now, and you kind of see it with the Florida Panthers. They have that goaltending department, um, which kind of puts a seat at the table for goaltending in the executive room. And the Kings right now, they didn't have that specialized person upstairs who was kind of evaluating and goaltenders and, and going that route. So it moves him out of the day-to-day coaching role more into an oversight role where he can oversee coaches at the NHL and AHL level. We'll have a full-time scout in North America and Maddie Miller, who moves over from the Ontario Reign goaltending coach to more of a scouting role. So they'll be doing more of that type of stuff um, in terms of the scouting side. And Bill Ranford's insight is going to be terrific for whoever comes in because he's worked here for so long and he has a really good overview of that goaltending landscape. So he moves into more of the upstairs role and the Kings are actively seeking replacements both at the NHL and the AHL side on on the goaltending coach front. So there will be a change to the staff, as you mentioned, uh, both with the NHL and AHL club. And we'll kind of see how it goes. It is a a well-deserved promotion for him. Um, Adds maybe a little bit more influence on the upper side and brings in a new voice on the coaching front. And that could turn out to be a pretty important hire for the LA Kings, considering that they Still have Cal Peterson under contract, and you know that's uh, getting him back on track. I know he's over at the World Championships as well for the U.S. Getting him back on track obviously would be a, I would guess, high on the list for whoever takes over that job. Yeah, it's a uh, goaltending is the most open position that the Kings have because they only have three under contract between the the NHL, AHL, ECHL. They have Cal, uh, Phoenix Copley, who we talked about, and Eric Portillo, who is a young guy acquired at the deadline. He'll play his first pro year likely in the minor leagues this year. So they have to add at some point, whether it's at the NHL or AHL levels, the Kings still believe that Cal Peterson can be an NHL goaltender and contribute at that level. So whoever comes in, yeah, that's going to be a big part of the process is getting his game right. Um, So far, so good at the world championships. He's two and oh, I think he's allowed two goals over the course of the two games combined. So maybe that's a good place for him to start to just build a little bit of confidence kind of end the season on like a positive high note and carry that into next year because he has two years left. He's got a pretty high cap hit and you can't just put him back in the AHL because that's not an effective use of your cap space. They want to get him to the right spot. And the easiest solution for the Kings goaltending is for Cal to become that player that he could be because Peterson at his best with Copley is serviceable. That's a useful tandem. So that could be the route that they wind up going And whoever comes in, that's probably priority number one is getting Cal to that spot where he's at that level that he was a couple of years ago before he signed his deal. 
And you mentioned serviceable and maybe Kings fans are a bit spoiled because we had a Hall of Famer in net for many, many years in Jonathan Quick. But when you look at the final four in the NHL, there are no Vezina finalists minding the nets. I mean, I know Sergei Bobrovsky was once uh, a Vezina trophy winner, but you know, I wonder if there's a change in philosophy where, as you said, serviceable, find a goaltender that's serviceable and maybe spend your dollars elsewhere to kind of supplement that position. I don't know if there's a sea change maybe going on in the NHL, but like I said, that final four, there are some good goalies, but there are guys also as well that are kind of uh, in that serviceable mode, I would think. I mean, Vegas has used four guys. This year, yes. right? and, and they've had success <laughs> with all four. I think the NHL, if you have Andre Vasilevsky, he's going to play 65 games. That's that. He's that good. But a lot of teams are moving more towards that tandem approach as opposed to like a lead guy. And that does create – a different situation when you get to the playoffs because usually in the playoffs you ride one guy that's the traditional philosophy but it doesn't have to be what you do and a lot of teams are getting themselves to the playoffs using more of a tandem approach or in Vegas's case a quartet approach to get to that point they don't have to have that one guy committed to playing 60 plus games you can split it 45 35 now and we're seeing it to be a lot more common we saw it with the kings down the stretch once corpus Allah was acquired they were trading off starts pretty much the entire way um, from the deadline on. It was 11 starts for Corbisalo, 10 for Copley. So they were both playing in that span and they were both contributing. And the Kings probably don't finish as high as they do without both guys at that level. So I think you're right. I think the NHL is trending more away from that lead dog approach to more of a split system, a 1A, 1B in an ideal world. And when you look at how the Kings are structured right now, that's probably the easiest path to success is to get that tandem up and running because you don't have to make a move. Otherwise, you have to add externally again. And when we talk about the decisions, that would come at the expense of something else. Zach, great stuff as always. Really appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything you want to let our our listeners and our viewers know about what's coming up with the LA Kings Insider here in the, in the next few weeks or so? Well, the next few weeks we'll have uh, individual player evaluation. So a look at what went well, what didn't go well, and a player's outlook for next year, whether they're under contract, what their role might be, could they be moved, could they be resigned, varies based on the player. But those will be over the next month or so. And then I'll be excited to go to the draft um, at the end of June. Um, then we'll likely have a development camp here in L.A. So we're kind of bridging the gap between end of season and actually having some hockey content to talk about the draft and development camp are always exciting more of a look towards the future but you get a lot of those prospects in town all together and that's always a pretty fun week so player evaluations to come hope those are helpful to kind of cap off the 22-23 season and then we go from there zach congratulations you are a part of the first ever locked on la kings episode where my dog has barked so congratulations for that uh, it's historic thank you banner <laughs> all right thanks zach uh, and uh, as always follow zach dooley on twitter he is at dooley lak and of course la king insider la kings insider.com as well thank you zach it's always a pleasure thanks eddie all right uh, my dog is telling us we need to wrap up this show uh but real quick uh, i do want to mention the world championships are going on uh and uh, we do want to check in on the la kings uh, my dog is very excited that Carl Grundstrom had a point today in Sweden's 7-1 win over Hungary. Uh, Grundstrom getting an assist on a shorthanded goal. They said in the, in the stats that I saw it was his second point of the tournament. I honestly don't remember the first, but we'll take their word for it. So Carl Grundstrom 
L.A. King helping uh, Sweden get a 7-1 win over Hungary. And going on as we are recording this show, Kevin Fiala and Switzerland are taking on Martin Kromiak and Slovakia. So on tomorrow's show, we will give you an update on how those two players did in that game. Speaking of tomorrow's show, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day, uh, we do have our Friday fan feedback show coming up. Uh, anything you want to talk about that we discussed with Zach Dooley certainly would be on the table. If you guys want to send an email, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. And you can always post your comments on anything we've talked about in the episode's uh, comment section when you're watching on YouTube. So looking forward to another big fan feedback show coming up on Friday. Get those emails and comments in as soon as possible. You can also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings and Instagram at LockedOnLAKings as well. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening to watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.